0: Welcome to the meeting after the meeting. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMATMPod. Now, let's start the show.
1: Let's introduce
2: the cast so you know who we are. Hey, everybody. Curtis Dugar at East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Hey,
3: friends. It's Kiana coming from Chicago. Hey everybody, I'm
1: Brian Johnson from Birmingham,
0: Alabama. Hey family, LaFerrin here, coming from the great state of North Carolina.
1: And this is Antonio from Houston.
3: Budget, that's probably a word everyone has heard far more than they would have liked this academic year. (laughs) I know I have. Of course, focusing on how to grow that budget is important. But what about retaining the budget you currently have? At no cost to schools, our partners at GradGuard have helped both students and campuses throughout the country protect their money from unexpected damages with the College Renters Protection Plan. Check out what families and school partners have had to say about GradGuard by visiting their YouTube channel or gradguard.com backslash higher ed.
0: our day-to-day lives life has a way of presenting us with tremendous highs and sometimes some tremendous lows when we come back together as a family it's important that we take the time to unpack those lows and celebrate those highs we call this the check-in
4: hey friends Hey.
2: hey hey But well,
4: we back for another episode, and, <laughs> and then there's that, right? And we're back, and you're mm-hmm. mad. <laughs> um, no, you're not mad. Your favorite co- podcast is here. Nevertheless, um, let's do a quick <laughs> check-in. Um, as Kiana eloquently called it, the pepperoni is almost over. We and, and
3: is the pepperoni
4: almost over? I mean, you know, I get I get my second dose of the vaccine on Thursday. It is for me because I'm going outside come Thursday uh, night. The people you have been stopped, outside. Stop acting people, like you ain't not like outside. Be, not like I'm gonna be out on Thursday night. I tell you that.
1: The people have stopped wearing the mask. Okay, they done. Well, that's they done with pepperoni. And let's be real clear.
3: Together until you get your second shot. It's really it needs three weeks post shot. So you really to go frolicking outside, okay? I feel so like I'm, I'm still I, stay out. You can dip your toe, but you can't go just, frolicking in the streets.
4: Well, I'm gonna dip my leg. How about that? <laughs> and, and be good with it, okay? Up to your knee. Up to go, your up, knee. Up to my thigh. Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there it goes my
0: See
4: what oh, I'm doing it's to change. Then, listen, it's, it's hot outside too, and I got <laughs> these good shorts. Don't worry about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Even in that gym,
4: it. it's it's it. that it's right. <laughs> 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 and then there's that. But anyway, my question for you all was, you know, well, if LaFarian Le- said the pepperoni is not over, but while we're in the pepperoni, what new shows have you all started to watch? over the last two weeks or so.
1: You know, Marvel continues with their marathon of everything. So I am into Winter Soldier all the way in. Have it you don't watched have, the trailer for Loki? I have. It don't feel like WandaVision. It don't give me that, you know, I felt I felt very jazzy about WandaVision, but I am here for, for Winter Soldier. Well, you know? I have
4: no, no spoilers. I have not watched Winter Soldier yet. As you all know, let's not Kiana because your face is going everywhere. As you all know, I was finishing up my MCU marathon. I finally hit Endgame last night. I had an hour left end Endgame to go.
3: Okay.
4: La- LaFerrin must not be here for it.
0: Listen, okay. So WandaVision, y'all got my expectations up. I did that. I was impressed. I was sold. I stuck with it so i said hey friend why don't you you know check out the other ones so i watched all the little trailers for the legend series because i was like oh this is cute let me see how this goes." so i started the winter soldier now mind you i didn't like winter soldier with the movie so i was like "Mm, i'm probably not gonna like this either and then brian go ahead and close your ears you got them closed okay fantastic so uh you know they're not closed
4: Go ahead, LaFair. Let's break my heart today. Go ahead. Please, Go ahead. I'll
0: I'm I'm I, I, I figure out a way to pay you back. Um, I just want to say I can say this: the replacement is trash. And if you've seen the show, you understand what I mean. Mm. So that's it. That. I didn't ruin nothing for you.
4: So 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 I already knew if, if you talk about Captain America, then okay. I already yeah. knew that they replaced him because I, I watched one of the Marvel's Assembled, uh whatever it was called, and they talked about the new cat. No, they were on um uh, uh the man that plays Falcon and, and the Man that played Bucky was on the Morning America and yeah. they talked about the new Captain America. Yeah. So I knew that it was a new person.
0: When I tell you hot garbage on the floor today, and he know he's trash.
3: He knows trash right? and something it, it's it's gonna keep keep with it. It's one of those. That's how they get us. You, we just got. Don't keep, tell me I got to do five stay. episodes. Like we got to do the course. One. You know, just wait till you can binge
1: watch it. Then <laughs> they're setting it up that way. They're setting it up that way
3: because, um, because his character and his little sidekick are are in the comics. So, you know, just just hold on. Just you know, they ain't let us down yet.
0: Well, I'll go back when there's a as a collective, so I can watch it. You know, all together. I will binge watch. You know, I like my microwave TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been watching a new show. I've been to continue I've re-watched some um, seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. I have a month subscription, a Paramount Plus, so I can go back and watch the seasons that's on the logo because I don't have logo on my cable package. So this is what we're doing. And that has been delightful. If anybody ha- is a Drag Race fan, I just want to point out that season seven was trash.
1: Can I admit something? And they're gonna take my card. I know y'all gonna take my card. I have not watched RuPaul's Drag Race like that. Me neither. Okay, Me neither. there's that. I
4: don't. I don't know. I'm good on Ru, and Ru. we love Ru. it's mindless TV. I mean, I'm, I'm here for Ru, but I'm good on Ru and and, and, and Drag Race, and what the people doing. We good on that. I, I
3: started watching. Up. Y'all watch because y'all watch the Housewives and. Um, the medicine, I don't watch that either. The, like that, married to medicine and the housewives and, and and those folks, and I can't get lost in that.
4: Well, I'm lost. I've been lost for <laughs> four years. I know. <laughs> I, know. I know he when ain't, I trying,
0: to he ain't trying. trying to be found.
4: He ain't trying to be found. Nah, no, I'm good on Sunday nights. I'm Curtis, good. Curtis, what
0: you watching?
2: I'm Catching up with what y'all already kind of talked about. So, uh, Superman and Lois, or Lois and Superman? Like
4: so Superman now, and Lois? Uh huh. Did uh-huh. I tell
2: y'all?
4: Did to tell us? One.
2: Absolutely. Um, I finally finished up. Um, um, what was the show um, on um, on on Disney? The one that you all watched the uh, Wandavision. Wandavision, yeah, I just finished okay. up that. I got questions about that one though. Like, what's up with Vision? Like, okay, so last episode, you know, like we Vision had it, got
3: his
1: vision. They, so, they setting us up. They, they setting set this up, this up they for the next up. They for the, the next,
2: next situations. Exactly. exactly. So I, you know, I, I was very pleased with how it ended, but. We left it with some good questions. So, you know, um, so I I enjoyed that. And then just catching up with, uh, catching up on old shows. So, um, you know, in between that and, you know, trying to stay on top of music. uh, It's just, you know, mindless stuff. So, yeah.
4: Has anyone watched um, Delilah on OWN? It's a new OWN TV show. I with, saw um, that you tuned into that. Tell me about with, that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm i not all the way sold in yet. I, I'm watching it because I had started watching it. And so sometimes it's all in the background and I'm watching it. I'm not bought in yet. Um, It's, it's definitely not Queen Sugar. If you watch Queen Sugar, it's definitely not that caliber, right? But I mean, it's here. It's about two lawyers, their friends they, there's a, a a case that one lawyer well, they're both on the same case, but opposite counsel, right? You know, one's representing the firm and then one representing the friend uh, of the, uh, of, who got fired from the firm. And there's a whole bunch of other things happening. Somebody that got killed because they've been watched by the firm. And it's crazy, but you know, it is. It, it's Oprah, it's its own. And so, you know, I, 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 I'll give it a shot because it's Mama
1: O, right, you know? So. She's been retooling over there. That's what the people say. She's been retooling some of her shows at home. Yeah.
2: I'm also going to
1: try and watch Snowfall. People yes. Said Snowfall was good. Uh, so yeah, It's on my list.
2: I just started. See, one's real good. It's, it's real real good. Yeah. Yeah. I've been enjoying it.
1: And I've been going back and re-watching Ugly Betty because that was just like phenomenal. I love so. Ugly Betty. Yeah.
3: The show, so I want, Netflix has, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a documentary, but I guess I'll call it a series. Amend. And it's um, being uh, not, I guess, hosted because hosted slash is narrated by a bunch of people. Main lead is Will Smith, but it's talking about the 14th Amendment and like the role to how we got to the 14th Amendment through time. It is really good, you know? So I, I think, especially for those who are having conversations around race and doing some DEI work, that is one to maybe check out. And probably good because it'll keep, I think, young people's attention, the way they set it up and the way they're kind of talking about history and going back and seeing some notable faces. Because sometimes we want to know the history, but sometimes it can be a little dry. This is really good. I will put it on the same, in the same lane of like some of the The when um, Soledad was doing the Black in America, and it was it's captivating in that way around some of the stories. So I watched a few episodes of that, and that was really good. Okay, so we are nearing what in our in our field towards hopefully the end of the big traditional search season period. From your Um, lips to God's
4: ears. You know, I hope.
3: And I hope. I hope, I hope. We are nearing the end where, you know, um, graduate students are finding out their assistantships and what programs they got accepted to and are getting their offers. Um, Candidates um, are getting their, hopefully their second rounds or on-campus experience. What, uh, if it's virtual or in-person Because
4: I know some folks have had both. Let's define candidates for the people who are not in our field. So we're talking about full-time professionals. Typically someone who's just out of grad school entering their first full-time professional position in our functional area, which is housing and residence life, right? But this can be cool across all functional areas within student affairs and maybe even outside of student affairs.
3: Yes, thank you. So... I've noticed a lot of conversation around salaries, um, questioning um, how institutions get to the salary number that they get based on the position, Um, folks having salary aspirations where their journey doesn't align with their salary aspirations. I'm just be real. You know, so I want to spend some time, I think, kind of unpacking that. Last night on Clubhouse, LaFerrin joined me for a little while. um, And I was on my soapbox uh, around some of this just because I've seen some of the buzz um, of what folks' thoughts and opinions are around salaries. And I also have have been having conversations with folks around you get the offer, right? You've done the, the interview rounds and then the employer calls with the offer. What should your questions, thoughts, and mind frame be in that offer? I can tell you out of my camp, we once we call with the offer, you, we you got 48 hours. That's it, that's all.
1: You know, it's some normal, people are not used to that.
3: And, and they're not, or, or they're if they're not used to it's that. not a cap. You know, everyone is different, right? Even if it's not a cap. I know for us, 48 hours, that's it, that's all. Um, You know, like where should folks' mind be and what should be the thoughts and what are the questions at that point that they should be having for employers once they've extended the offer?
4: I haven't thought through any questions that they should think about just based on this current conversation. But since you started with salaries, my mind automatically went to the salary conversation within that offer timeframe. Right? And and I'm gonna make a blanketed statement and it may not apply to all of student affairs or all of housing and residence life. um, But the chances of you negotiating a salary at the entry level is slim to none. Right. The salary is set at that point. Right. Um, and the chances of you negotiating a salary again is them to none. Now, you may be able to negotiate other things, possibly in that. Um, some schools, you may be able to negotiate a moving allowance. You know, that might be something none based on where you are. You might be able to negotiate some type of other professional development opportunities um, and things of that nature. But the salary is, always, is already set. And what I find common in, in my experience with student, with, with entry level professionals coming into their first full time position, they fail to realize that there are other things included in their total conversation package right? Like your salary, your take home pay is one aspect of your package, but then you also have benefits. And then you also have the live on apartment that you live in. Sometimes that's also factored into your total compensation package, as well as your meal plan. Um, In some universities, maybe parking is a part of that and some other few other miscellaneous things. But you know, your total package is is not what you take home, right? You may not see the rest of that those dollars, but from a university perspective, or maybe a departmental perspective, that that total, all that, all those other items are capsuled in this package of conference. I mean, of compensation. I, think, I feel
3: like talking about salaries, They don't see it
0: that way, though. Well, they well, don't. I, but I also think when we when we're talking about this conversation. I think there needs to be some very realistic expectations about the field like you made a decision to go into this field part of that in terms of researching and all of those things I assume was also understanding what you would make and what you would make with a master's degree and what would you you know all of those things What you make with a bachelor's degree and for some institutions they will allow that you a bachelor's is required master's preferred and you can do your thing others they prefer you to have a master's degree and you have to have a master's degree in order to have the job and i understand people like well if i have a master's degree i should be making this level of money well when you got that master's degree in insert x y degree particularly student affairs student personnel whatever you should have also understood what that meant about when you're coming out and what you are initially going to be offered and i think that's the part that's missed like you didn't do your part in terms of understanding what you were going into and even if you did understand it i think there you thought there was going to be some unicorns rainbows and sunshines that was going to make that number change once you were in the process to get the job and that is the some unrealistic expectations that one i don't think they folks are properly prepared for either by their programs or and also by themselves, like you chose this, you chose your choice. And so part of that is choosing this too.
1: So let's talk to them assuming they are first generation. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way, I'm talking about it in the context of you are coming to the search process and you are unprepared because I think all of us are seeing that that folks are not as prepared in the search process. And I think one one tip and tool that I would give to candidates and then one to employers is that as you progress in your search process, you should be preparing your life. That means you, your partners, your family, your whatever your attachments are dependents to move through that process. You need to start researching what moving is going to look like. You need to start researching what um, housing in an area is going to look like. I recognize that you might have your, your hands in a lot of pots but so do employers, right? Especially for entry level. And so when you get to that final part and you're talking about salary, you mentally are walking into that conversation understanding what your salary could possibly be and what your accept or walk away point is for you. And so don't put it on the employers. My feedback to employers, do not play with these entry-level professionals over two dollars and $3,000 trying to negotiate some pennies. Like You are $100,000, $200 million departments. Don't play with these, these young folks. Offer them the max of what you can offer them and tell them where there is no negotiation. Mm-hmm. Don't play with them back and forth for days, trying to figure it out. Let them know, if you only got 36K to offer to them, tell them, this is what I got. I'm giving you the max, there's no room. So that they can move forward in their thought process. Cause you are trying to juggle a couple of people and they are trying to make life decisions too. I
4: have a question real quick. So since you brought up employers and salaries, there's been a lot of conversation around normalizing, putting out the salary, for whatever the position will make on the position description or whatever marketing tools you choose to use to uh, market that particular position. How do you all feel about that? Do you put out your salaries as senior level professionals in your areas? Do you all put out just the baseline salary for the position? I do.
0: And part of it is because if you see that salary upfront, you will decide whether or not you want to apply for my job. Absolutely. So for me, it's upfront honesty upfront. This is what this is where you will start. There is no negotiation. Mm-hmm. That starting point, particularly as an entry level professional, even when I think about my mid level professionals, I have already negotiated on the back end before I even offer you what we can give you like I because I personally believe because just to what Antonio said stop playing with these people over pennies if you know that you can give them this give them that because the amount of work they're about to put in like give them their money give absolutely stop acting like somebody has to beg you to pay them like that's the part that irritates me and I think it is you have to be honest because the other part that people get when they put a band on there so when people see a band, they automatically go to the top of the band, not at the bottom of it. And honestly, not even in the middle. It's like, I'm going to get the top part of this band. Or when it says, co- um, co- co- what's the word? What's my word? The- Compensation? You know,
2: commensurate,
0: commensurate. That was, yeah. uh, with yeah. experience or like comparable, like whatever, like I'm going to pay right. based on your experience. That's not true either. And that's a way to get people to apply for a job even though you know that you can only offer them what the base is that is printed on that um, flyer.
4: And let's be and let's be real clear Lafarin. When people give the range or the band as you talked about, most often what they're offering is between that low and midpoint. Nowhere near the upper echelon, of that range, right? So why are you throwing this huge range out there on this position description for this job? And you know you can't offer that based on the research you've done with your position and the market value of that position within your university context. I hope that as an employer that you've already done the the kind of competition analysis, right? And you found what's comparable around your state and other universities, but you aren't the lowest on totem pole when it comes to offering a salary for that particular position.
1: What we should really say instead of range is max out, max out over the course of your time in that role. You, You may hit the top of this band if the institution got the funds to do the merit and whatever other raises it is, right? And so that's for, for folks who are looking at this ban, they're saying, given this range, this paid grade, this position will max out at so-and-so. You will not get any more raises, any more raises after that point. You may, and there's like 0.1% of institutions that are giving um, uh, merit raises right and not cost of living raises where they negotiate and those are are few and far between auxiliary organizations just to be clear
4: and and and, and my and i don't know if antonio is meaning this this way but that percent he gave him in my opinion that was pre-pandemic because i can tell you right now post they,
1: they ain't got a coin this gonna look real crazy listen mm-hmm. i just want people to know you out here trying to play with employers in this day and age they will move on from you really quickly I don't mean no harm it's just the it's just the status of where the industry is at you know and
0: I, and I think the other part too that messed us up is um, FSL FLsa that messed us up a couple years ago and because they people were trying to get in compliance they were trying to gain compliance, we made decisions based on an understanding we need to do this part first, it created some compression issues, which compression issues already exist, because if you think about it, if I am paying you $42,000 at an entry level position, that's not including, I recently had to do the calculations, your apartment package situation is about $24,000, $25,000, that i'm that i'm adding that's not in a your base salary that's not including your benefits package which also is a part of that right anything else that i may give you you may ideally it's not may you are probably making more than your assistant director which is very interesting when people start to be like what because we have a we have a there is a built-in compression problem in general but like FLSA did that to us in a whole nother way and we haven't had time to adjust or fix and now we have this panorama that's really setting us back in terms of trying to adjust or fix or get raises for folks who we do need to we need to give them more money because of the situation that we have created and so but folks are coming in like oh well I deserve this you still got your mama's milk on your chest like what (laughs) is
4: this is
0: what you gonna get today now, take it or leave it. Now, I, and I say this as a person, I pay well. So figure it
4: out. Do we need to define compression for people who may not we know what so. the term is? I think we so. Do. Well, I'm so, not saying I could do it, but I know what it is, but I'm not good at putting the words together. So, in
3: Knowing that, knowing who, who is part of the street team and some of our younger folks are listening to us. I think we, you go ahead and break it down, B. I'm
0: <laughs> <So laughs> If you So, it is the space or gap between you and your next level. And so, there is a, there is understanding based on category and bands and those sorts of things, the distance in terms of pay. And I use the word distance because that's the best way to describe it, between you and your supervisor. So, ideally, if you're in an entry-level position and you make Let's say you make $40,000. There needs the the space in between your position and your supervisor's position is probably mm, 20,000, 25, 30, depending on where you are and what the position is. That's the space in between the two of you. Now, like I said with FLSA, we bumped up to minimums that were given by the government. And in doing so, we are closing the gap without changing the salary of the group above you. And so now we have a compression issue. There's there's less space, compression.
3: One, one has come up, pressure. And, and
4: the other one didn't move.
3: And the other one all didn't all move. All the mid-level people. All the mid-level people got screwed when that happened.
4: Yes. Pretty much, pretty much. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. And, and I can go down another road in conversation about, FLSA and the, the dynamic that it caused in the field. That could be a separate conversation because mm-hmm. you had those schools that bumped us up and then some schools did not move, some schools went hourly, and then what does that look like for the job search and everything else? but I'll say I, that I think another. we're
1: going to see an exit after this mid-level like we have never seen before, after this entry level, because folks who are on the job market, and I've talked to a couple in the last few days who are trying to get to the get to the mid-level from frontline entry level, you are going to take a pay cut. The cost of living adjustment is not there. It is not there.
4: Especially if you were at one of those schools that bumped you up to that FLSA minimum of 46 or 47. You're going to come out and go into this next mid-level role making 49, 50, 51, 52 that to Antonio spoke to that out of out, the, the, live off campus, the, the living package of that, it's going to eat that little $4,000 up very, very quickly. So in essence, you're going to, your take home will be less than what you're bringing home currently as a live-in professional, what you move out into your area, into
1: your own apartment. Advice for entry-level, save Financial literacy.
3: That's why save financial it literacy it. is so important, especially if you are, Privileged, because I'll use that term, to have a job that has more than average benefits like housing, like a meal plan, because you could be living out, but your job may come with a meal plan, Um, you know, trying to manage. Because if somebody had put that when our conversation last night was that you may think nothing in the moment about that meal plan. But that you, you gotta eat during your nine to five, you know, your eight to four, how whatever time you're coming in, the, whatever you're not either meal prepping or you have the privilege to not spend money on lunch from your paycheck, you can opt to go to a dining hall five days a week, <laughs> you know, over the course of 10 to 12 months of your contract. I had a meal plan. Money got funny meal plan went away. That totally changed a little bit, uh, made a dent in my budget and time, right? Let me think about time management because now I also have to now carve out time if I'm gonna meal prep for the week. That was stuff I wasn't doing, you know, or think differently about what I was doing with my lunch hour, you know? And so, and that was in more increase because now I'm buying groceries for lunch. In addition to my breakfast, dinner, And snacks, snacks on snacks, right?
1: So for entry-level folks who have the option of living on, pay yourself, here's some financial literacy, pay yourself like you're paying rent, like you're going to buy groceries, like you're doing all of those things. And if you're staying in, living on, or living in after two or three years, hypothetically, depending on how much you save, you could have a nice cushion Um, to move yourself off campus to establish yourself. And even if you want to put a down payment on a house. I've seen some people live on for four years and come out with the down payment on a home, whatever they want to live in, if you do it right. So, you know, now you might be like a brother who brunched, you know, (laughs) <laughs> and, lived, and lived your best life in the streets. And, and, and hey, live. yeah. lived. Lived, yeah. okay, yeah. Live. Listen, let's, let's be real like, clear. I'm right, out here showing that timing, mean, okay. Let's be real clear. When <laughs> I
4: was a live-in professional, now mind you, I, I'm a little <laughs> different from people in, in on the call. I was living in professional not only my first years as an entry-level person, my second job as a complex coordinator was also live in, and then I was lucky enough to get an associate director role, which was also live in, right? And so now I'm making about fifty five living in, so you know I'm 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 banking. But let's go back, to Antonio, talking about brunch, because when I was a hall director, I lived in Chicago,
2: yes,
1: sir,
4: downtown, Halstead <laughs> and Roosevelt high rise.
1: It, it was nothing to spend. 50 it was 60 60 70 nothing. To
2: dollars on a brunch. mimosas. Every Sunday. Flowing.
4: Okay. Flowing. Okay. Unlimited. Don't worry
2: about it. Eating well every day.
4: Paying for the friends food. See? <laughs> see how you see I
0: me. But y'all are it's bringing true. us something. I think but y'all are bringing us something that is very valuable, right? Because we all heard that and we took it or we left it and there's some folks who took it and in different positions. But so what Antonio said earlier when you're talking about first generation college students who are going into these salary roles and things of that nature, and may not have had that financial literacy conversation. And financial literacy means lots of different things. Because also, if you are a first-generation college student, maybe, and and, and, and I know that can be relative, because some folks, their situations are different, even being- uh,
1: Thank you, Lafayne. Go ahead, students. yes. Mm-hmm. So
0: some people, like you may be first-gen, but your economic situation wasn't impacted by that, right? Or And in the other hand, it was because of how, like, your family, when you said you had a salary, that was different than working an hourly wage. Or now you don't even know how much you make hourly because that's what you've done, right? But I think in the midst of that, when we talk about it, like, because you never know if you have to send money back home. So say
1: Yes, yes.
0: An option for you. Because... Or it may not be an option for you if you are in an entry level role or you are going into one. And so I want us to hear that as well. Like, but in, to but a part of it to Antonio's part, even putting something away is better than nothing, right? Putting, putting making sure like making um, getting you an account that you can't actually touch. That fifty dollars goes in there every check. You don't even see it. It's it's going there. You know, is also part of. That could be helpful to you. So I also want us to be mindful of people's financial situations that may include other people besides themselves in these conversations. And something that also made me think of is about how we recruit people into this field. Some folks that we recruit into this field, we give them the rainbow, sunshines, and unicorns, and we don't show them the realities thereof. And and part of the realities of that is the the income part.
3: I thought you was gonna say we recruit people that shouldn't be recruited. That part. Well, that part
0: too. I, I, I. I, Y'all know I don't. Y'all know I feel that too. I don't. I'm not gonna shy away from it. We recruit people we shouldn't, and we also, oh, just because they were a great student leader, which most likely they probably was trash. Trash is my word today. We'll figure out another word. I'm here for it. Trash is my word. We got some folks. like they was they was trash as a student leader even if they was president of this and treasurer of this and all that stuff that shows me that you can't make up your mind and commit to one thing and so that shows up when you are a professional
1: yes we do have some folks who listen in the tech community and shout out to y'all tech folks going into IT engineering roles with these companies there is a lot of things that um that you can negotiate. But a lot of them are being made more and more clear. There are a lot more accessible tools. Join some of these LinkedIn communities, join some of these clubhouse conversations. There is a website called levels.fyi for folks in tech that talk about salaries and and negotiating strategies for folks who are in those industries. And we appreciate y'all joining in, tagging along with us higher ed folks. find those uh, resources and folks who are talking about those salaries because you've talked about stock options you're talking about relocation all of those benefits and tools that help you do your job well um, that that are there so um, we ain't specifically talking about that but i know that some of our listeners who are in that space check out levels.fyi and look into some of the the things that you should be uh, uh looking into for your negotiation strategy I'm wondering, what do we think about when we're talking about folks from the mid-level stepping up and through the mid-level in their job search and some of the uh, conversations we should have? Okay, I'm going from an area coordinator to an assistant director, an assistant to an associate. What what does some of that look like?
3: One thing, and, and I would also say this, what i'm about to say also goes for the up and up. And we got into a little bit of this last night in our clubhouse conversation was what are the unspoken expectations because now you think you're trying to move up and get more coin, but more coin also comes with more responsibility and more expectations. You know, when you start to become an assistant, associate, a director, an executive director, so on and so forth, there are expectations of you that, and that's who the negotiation, all these negotiation conversations are for, that the coaching is who that is for, because there are expectations about going to basketball games and buying season um, tickets, or attending banquets, or giving donations to X um, situation, or um, an example, um, a, a colleague of ours was talking about as an AVP, you know, the unspoken thing was that, yeah, I'm an AVP, but it's expected that I make a donation back to the institution, you know, for the to the foundation. Um, those are things, and because those unspoken things are there, that is why you negotiate what you need to negotiate and start thinking about that. And so folks aren't having that upfront conversation. And I would say for, you know, I'll speak, I'll put myself in that lane. Like as a first gen, I don't know what the, what that level, you know, I didn't know about that, you know, and, or even aspirations, I'll take it even a step further, like aspirations around top leadership within professional associations, their expectations there that then made me pause, like do, I, I may not want to pursue that just yet. Cause I don't know if I got the right job with the right salary support to, be able to make sure that I'm giving and, and doing doing all the things, you know? Really? So I think yeah. that that's a conversation right there that folks aren't realizing. And the other point is if you can't handle your coin, because LaFerrin says this often, if you can't handle your budget and your coin with the little salary you got, it doesn't matter when you get to the assistant director level and you're like, oh, now I'm, you know, above 80, you know, or whatever the number you're, asp- you're aspiring to, if you can't handle your bills and your budget now, you're going to still feel like you at the coordinator level
1: from check to check. And, and this, I, I love that we're having that conversation because we have to normalize this, especially for Black and brown folks. I have recognized this in the last couple of weeks of having these conversations, the mentoring, the coaching in this middle bracket between the front line and the senior level is just not there, and nobody is doing it well. And I want to hear, I'm to black and brown folks in particular, you have to invest in yourself. Take you some brunches, some Starbucks money, and invest in in purchasing somebody's hour or two hours for mentoring or some coaching. Ain't no, I. I am so glad I did it. And I'm not just saying this because I do coaching, but y'all, we we are leaving so much money on the table. We are not knowing what to ask for. And more importantly, we are not making it past the first round interview because we are not seeing the field in a new way. And so, you know, they can't even get to the conversation about what to ask for in negotiation because they're not even making it to seeing the full picture of the university from round one. You know, we're going into, um, we're still going into interviews, answering the questions that they are asking us. And we don't go into the interview with an agenda of, I need to make sure before I leave here, you know, X, Y, and Z about me. Whether you ask these questions or not, i got to weave this in and you've got to know about all of these experiences. We have moved to what, to 30 minute interviews now? In some of these mid-level spaces, and in thirty minutes, you gotta articulate what they got. Ten questions for you, right? Crazy. Stop with it. You're asking ten questions in thirty minutes, but ridiculous. <laughs> trash.
4: Trash. It's crazy. It's it is. crazy. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. But it's
1: crazy. you But you know what? They the expectation isn't changing. You gotta elevate yourself. It is not right. Yeah. You gotta elevate yourself.
4: You know, in my experience, when I when I was going from entry level to mid level, and this is my experience, and y'all may disagree or agree, I feel like the questions did not change, but my answers should have changed. Right at that point, they wanted absolutely. They wanted. I felt like at that moment they wanted to hear more depth. They wanted to hear more about my experiences and and give some broad. 30,000 foot type of answers, right? You know, the question, what is your, what is your supervi- super, supervisory style? You're going to get asked questions all the time because it hadn't changed. But your answer based on going from RA to advising grants, now like full time people, what that would look like, you should have a well rounded, well crafted answer for that general question and all general questions. I think
0: something that Antonio's talking about about that mentor and that that middle and all those things and st- leaving stuff on the table. I meet with a group of um, Black women on Sundays, my scholar group, and we were, ta- we were talking to each other about how you negotiate. And in the midst of that conversation, one of the things that I said, I was like, we don't have this conversation enough. I was like, we don't want to tell people how much money we make. We don't want to tell people what we ask for. We don't want to tell people this and we don't want to tell people that. And I was like, and that is our problem. And I said our talking about us brown and black folks because we, you you don't want to, I don't know if it's a bragging situation or you just be like, that's not somebody else's business.
3: But it's at the protection. same it's a protection. Other like,
0: folks, they talk about
3: it. got something and yeah. we, we want to hoard and keep it to ourselves because so much is taken from us that we go into the fear and protective mode of, if I tell you about this opportunity, will the opportunity continue to still be mine? Will it come back around to me again? Or the this fear of like, then I share with you my, my skills, my tools, and then you end up getting a better situation. And I'm in my feelings about it. It's and it's the crowd.
0: And my thing is I'm trying to be in these crabs in the barrel. This is why we can't rise. This is why we can't be free. And I need us to get it together because this is a mess. Like I should be able to have a conversation and say, yo, this is what they offer me. This is what I ask for. This is the reason I should ask for it. But the other part to what we've been talking about, Antonio's talking about in terms of that mentoring is so that you are prepared with the knowledge of what to ask for. Kelly, you talked about being an AVP. There are several things. Let me be clear this next uh this next come up that the lord is Uh,
1: come on come on
0: i have a list i know everything on that list that needs to be on it and there's probably some stuff i'm missing and so i am going to go to somebody who i know is not gonna steer me wrong who has been a good mentor to me and be like this is my list what am i missing help me this is what they said this is the this is the number
1: and ask them how to talk about those things that on part. your list. Because we some of us go into these the negotiation with demands, you know, at a time when the institution don't have the financial flexibility to do it. And so as a negotiator, you like, okay, I'm gonna try to, as an employer, I'm gonna try to make on your list happen what I can and try to position you today with what I can and then say, okay, I can not give you this today, but tomorrow, And tomorrow, maybe next year, we gonna make X, Y, and Z happen for you. And so I I think it's you get you got to see the forest and the trees. And it's not
0: being afraid to ask. Yes, the other part too. We're so excited about what the position and this, that, and the third. Sometimes we're afraid. Like if I ask for this, they might say they then I'm not gonna get the job or I'm not gonna be able to get this. Ask for what. Closed mouths don't get fed.
2: Hey,
0: for that which you want. And, and we go from
4: there. Let, let me say this real quick, and, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong. Once an offer has been extended, they're not going to renege the offer based on your negotiation points. So you can't lose the offer at that point. So the offer is out there. Now, do you have a choice if they can meet your demands or meet your negotiation points? Then here you are, right? If they can't, now you have a choice to determine what you need to do.
1: Now, some people have lost an offer because of how they negotiated and, oh, they, okay. and they think they think that the employer is going to play with them for four or five rounds of negotiation because they're trying. Absolutely to fit, not trying to pit Barbie, one employer,
4: against,
1: trying to pit one employer against another. And so I go back to what I said earlier. As you get to that final round of an interview with somebody, you may still have, hear me grads, you may get an offer from from place A today and you still have two or three more other places to go. You need to put it in your mind, I'm either going to accept this or I'm going to decline them and hope that the rest of this works out because they still too are just like you. I got a candidate pool. I got a couple of hours that I need to act on before I lose them. I have been in a place where I have lost all six of my top candidates and had to go to another round of interviewing. How much did that cost us? Another $20,000. Instantly, you got to calculate it. And so that's what, you know, we want you and we're trying to, Juggle all those other things, but counter offer once, maybe exactly. counter offer twice, maybe twice. But you need to you need to have it all together. And I've seen people lose it at the entry level and mid mid level because they keep trying to do it. If it's not going to work for you, call it good. You and know. don't
3: be asking random stuff like that. Is not the time. For the random question. That is not the time of, well, what brings you joy here at the job? That is not the time to bring that, that Uh should have been your question in the wrap up interview interview question. question On on, on campus to any and everybody. You had time with the key leadership players, like those kind of questions, that's not what you ask once you extend the offer. And you really got to sit and think about, like, what is most important? What is my most important yes that I didn't get? Because you should have a sense of what brings people joy and why they're there. Like, or, you know, some of the town and gown relationships that people have and, you know, how they manage making their way in the world at that institution and in their positions. Like, you need down to the nitty gritty. Like, that is what you need to be thinking about. And don't take the on campus if you know, because the next natural step is the offer. Like, you really need to be thinking about. Am I going here to make sure, because I definitely, without a doubt, could really see myself here. And this is just to work out those final kinks or things that I may not, on your end, you know, like I might still have outstanding, like who these people are and could I be bothered with them every day seeing they face on a Zoom,
1: <laughs> you know, like. I would say to the employers, normalize having a hiring manager as a part of the interview process and make clear who the hiring manager is. Some people schedule time with your HR person because that's where you need to get the real details out of of your offer and what's on the table and what's not. And then that hiring manager may actually be the senior person in the department who's not a part of the process altogether sometimes. And so normalize who the decision maker is in the process and when the decision maker is going to be in the interview process so that you know, if you're in the mid-level, you're going to have a conversation at the end of your interview with your hiring manager. That's the time for you to spill the tea and get very clear about what is needed in that organization and what you need to accept an offer from them. So they may not talk about salary. A good way to ask the question without saying it is, I have questions about salary. When is the opportunity for me to discuss that with somebody in the organization? If you don't see that on your interview, that that's a, a disarming conversation to, to talk about it if they haven't been transparent with you. Last advice, last piece of advice.
3: Send the thank, thank you. you. Since I would say since send, send a thank you. We, we in an electronic world. It can be an email. It, folks, just as a courtesy, right? Like uh, we, I was having this conversation with some colleagues. When you are a finalist, at that point, you just spend a lot of time with these people. These people are also spent a lot of time preparing and experience for you you know, send a thank you, like it can be one to the whole everybody, you know, a blanket thank you. It don't have to be, you saw 20 people that day, so you got to send 20 emails. It can be to the hiring manager, your point of contact, you know, thank you for the experience and be reflective. And I say that for a couple of reasons. That could be, you could be the bubble candidate and something you say in that thank you could turn the tide on you being the number one person or the number two person. Hopefully for the better, you'll drop from number one to number two, but you go from number two to number one. Um, and it's just a sign of courtesy. And the other thing is don't play games with the process because just like you think about you playing hot potato and move from institution, guess what? The employers, folks on the employer side play hot potato too. You, the world is too small. You are gonna see folks again and they will remember you. And the tables may be turned, and you, they might this time be at the institution that you want, that is your number one. That's all you eat, breathe, sleep, and think about. But they remember how much you were a trash and funky candidate the last time they saw you at a previous institution. And the answer is going to be, thanks for playing. Peace be unto you. I think
0: folks are so concerned about where the money reside, where the money reside. Well, you really need to understand where the money resides when you are having conversations about salary and or understanding what your salary encompasses in totality, those things that are unwritten and all of those things so that you are making good decisions and not criticizing because you have not done your research about what these coins actually mean.
3: Or opportunities, right? Because sometimes... Folks are looking at these. Some schools are these are a smaller school that may have a smaller salary, but you're getting vast opportunity. And then you're not looking at um, the opportunity for upward mobility. You can move faster, you know, versus you were in a larger system and taking a coordinator role versus you're in a coordinator role at a smaller school. You may be being a coordinator. You might get. A Title IX opportunity or something, you know, some other elevated opportunity or promotion be promoted quickly because you get to take on some other things and there's faster merit, you know. So, do when, when you, when we, because I think that's the other piece when we say do your research, heavily do your research, look at folks' trajectory and how they've been able to move in the organization in the time that they've been there.
2: Just thinking about mentorship. And kind of circling back uh, to some earlier points as uh, an advice piece is, you know, part of this compensation conversation is understanding that a big piece of your compensation is the folks who are guiding you through your entry level and your mid-level experience. And that's a big piece of uh, your take home is folks who are guiding you and, and, and giving you that, that coaching on how to make sense of what it is you're actually taking home. Uh, I think a big piece of many of our experiences was we had leadership who actually explained to us uh, not only what we were taking home and pay, but also what were those intangible fringe benefit pieces that allowed for us to truly see the full picture uh, of our entry-level experience and how we were developing those self-authored competencies that helped prepare us for that next transitional piece. So, you know, through mentorship, whether it's your media supervisor or that team that's coaching you as an entry-level person, understand that they're helping you make sense of um, where you're at right now and how you're preparing yourself to make sense of what you're going to be asking for and what the experience is going to be worth at that next level as you navigate your entry-level experience. Lean on your leadership, lean on your supervisors um, and ask the questions. So that way you're prepared for those next experiences when you hit the job market for that second round.
1: Uh, I I would add, in all of getting your coin, trust your gut. You know, right now we're doing a lot of Zoom interviewing. You gotta trust your gut now more than ever about how you feel about making these moves. So, if it don't feel right, is the money worth it? If you, if you, do you see yourself working well with these folks? You gotta check some of that. We're going back to the office in some capacity at some point. So, um, Check all your fields too as you're trying to uh, get your coin. So, we hope that helps y'all as um, y'all are navigating this job search season. Um, we want to shout out the fam, the homies, you know, who've been riding with us for uh, for this whole season. Shout out to Gradguard, the homies at Gradguard. You
3: know, yeah.
1: Now those folks
0: give you a peace of mind. They protect your stuff. Okay. Check out Gradguard at Gradguard.com.
1: That's backslash. Higher red. Backslash higher ed. Uh we appreciate y'all. Right. Because what we've we've had a flood on every campus we've been on. And somebody <laughs> stuff. And
4: then there's that. And somebody's okay. stuff didn't make it.
1: Didn't but make they it. can
3: protect your stuff too. <laughs> that's the other part. And folks don't talk about that part.
4: Rent insurance is real. Gradguard helps with all of that. Yeah. And, 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 how, and what is it? Gradguard.com backslash higher
1: mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's it, Brandon. Oh, that. All right, y'all. Check us out later and um stay tuned for more episodes of The Meeting after the meeting.
4: Signing off.
2: Peace. Take care, everybody.